Let's go. We back. Been a couple days too, man. Didn't realize, but we back, man. You got it. Let's go. Feel this vibe. We back, episode 51, I believe. Let's go. Good old Thursday groove, too. If you ain't bobbing your head to this, man. Something wrong, man. Take me back to my parents' days, man. This is their their generation of music right here. I definitely remember riding this, sitting in the back seat. Didn't know what it was then. But this is definitely a classic. That Sunday morning cleaning music right here. Let this ride out too, man. We ain't cutting this off neither. cleaning music right back at you yeah you got it we back episode 51 a lot been going on since you know what i had to look at the last time i did an episode and it's been eight days and i didn't realize that 
But that's just how, I mean, time just flies, man. That, that's what's so crazy. Now, I did have the Easter break. I was out of town. I probably could have recorded, um, but I didn't really have my full setup. But I guess, you know, at some point, you, you just got to, yeah, you just got to make it happen regardless. So, so that's on me. Uh, but yeah, Easter break was good. Spent some time out of town with the fam. Ate a lot of food. Did a little bit of socializing. Just a little bit. You know, I'm getting better. Just a little bit of socializing. Went out a little bit. And, you know, I'm trying to, uh, you know, keep keep doing that. I'm trying to keep doing that. So, um, so a lot a lot that went down since since the last time uh I talked to y'all. A lot a lot a lot has went down. A lot going on. I'm trying to figure out where we're gonna start at. Um guess we'll start with the NBA playoffs or the NBA playing tournament games. Cause we don't really want to start this episode out with, with the sad news, so we kinda gonna push that back just a little bit. So we're going to start with the NBA play-in tournament. And we had the Lakers beating the Timberwolves with LeBron James at 38 years old, basically putting the Lakers on his back, um, carrying them, you know, to the victory and clinching the seventh seed. Uh, and shout-out to Carl Anthony Towns. He bought out that game. Carl Anthony Towns was, was playing very well, had the Timberwolves on – track to actually win that game until he got into foul trouble and picked up his fifth foul early in the fourth and had to sit. And it kind of took their momentum away. But Timberwolves look really good. I mean, that's a good basketball team. I mean, Karen Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, Michael Conley. Uh, ultimately, the game went into overtime. LeBron James did have a chance to close the game. Uh, he drove it. And the whole defense converged on him. And LeBron made the perfect, he made the right basketball play at the right time. I know he gets killed a lot of times for passing up game winning shots. But when there's five dudes on you and you're driving to the hoop, it's hard to shoot it. You can force it. But if you can't, if you can't kick the ball out to a wide open three-point shooter who's in the NBA and have, you know, confidence in him to make that shot, then Either that dude shouldn't be on the floor or he shouldn't be in the league. I don't know. It's one of the two. So he kicked it out to Dennis Schroeder, who obviously knocked down the three. Well, not obviously, but knocked down a three-pointer, put them up by three. Anthony Davis then comes down and fouls Mike Conley, and Mike Conley steps to the line to tie the game with three free throws. And ultimately, the Lakers win the game in overtime. So they move on to challenge Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, first game, I believe, is Sunday in Memphis. Memphis is the two seed, Lakers the seven seed. It's going to be a tough series for the Lakers. It's going to be a very tough series for the Lakers, but I do have the Lakers winning in six. I do not believe that the Grizzlies, with all the injuries um, to Stephen Adams, Brandon Clark, I don't believe they can get past LeBron, AD, and company. I, I, I just don't see it. Now, would I be surprised if Memphis won the series? No, I wouldn't. But I also don't really see the Lakers losing that series. I just, I, I don't know. I just can't see it. Not if LeBron plays to, you know, his level of play and Anthony Davis comes along for the ride. 
they're getting Memphis up and out of there in six. So Timberwolves, uh, they did lose the playing game, so they go on to play the Thunder, who beat the Pelicans in their 9-10 game. Uh, SGA with 32 points, I believe. Josh Giddy 31. Uh, Lou Dort, 27. The Thunder is a young, exciting team. Uh, SGA has been playing all-NBA basketball all season. He's either going to be first-team all-NBA or second-team all-NBA easily. And he continued that play in the playing tournament. Do I give them a chance to go into Minnesota and get a win? I do. Rudy Gobert will be back after his suspension for throwing a punch slash push at uh, Kyle Anderson, slow-mo. So there, Minnesota is getting back their all-star big man. But I feel like if SGA, I mean, I think that he, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a tough matchup for anybody. So I feel like if they can keep it close, then I think SGA can take it home. Now, if Minnesota starts making shots like they did against the Lakers the other day, I don't think that the Thunder has a chance. But if they can keep it close, I do believe SGA could take it home. I, I do want I am intrigued by the matchup of Anthony Edwards guarding SGA. So Shea Gill just Alexander if, if y'all don't know who I'm talking about. I am intrigued by that matchup though. I would like to see uh Anthony Edwards you know guard SGA the whole game. That's what I'd like to see. Josh Giddy, he's a matchup problem. He scored a lot more points than I'm used to him scoring the other day. Or, well, yesterday against the, the uh, Pelicans. I mean, 30, 31 points for him is a lot of points. So, um, we have the Bulls beating the Raptors yesterday as well. Chicago was down 19, ended up coming back and battling back. Zach Levine with 37, I believe, and pretty much completely took over the game in the second half after the Bulls were getting dominated the whole game. Shout out to Dior DeRozan, who might not have caused the Raptors to miss 50% of their free throws, but her screaming definitely did not go unnoticed out there, and the Raptors would have won the game had they have not shot terrible from the free throw line. Uh, Pascal Siakam did have a chance to tie the game up at the end after getting fouled on the three-pointer. He went on to make one out of three, which just goes to show you what Mike Conley did, making three out of three. It it takes, you know, some brass to do that. That is not an easy task to step up to the line with, you know, less than 0.5 on the clock, less than a second on the clock, and make three free throws to put the game in overtime. Siakam, we take nothing away from him. He is definitely an all-NBA player. He'll probably be third-team all-NBA. But he went up to the line, and he, he didn't get it done. So the Raptors are out the playing tournament. The Bulls move on. They will be taking on the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat lost to Atlanta Hawks the other day in their playing game. Trey Young came to play with all the trade rumors going on surrounding him and the speculation about the Hawks trying to get rid of him. He definitely showed up as a professional and did his job. Secure the victory. They have now have the seventh seed. They will be facing the Boston Celtics in the first round of the playoffs. I, I give them zero shot of beating the Celtics. Will they make it, make it interesting? Maybe. But I got the Celtics winning 4-1. The Hawks may be able to get one. Maybe. 
the Bulls and the Heat. I'm intrigued by this matchup as well. Um, Jimmy Butler against Zach Levine. DeMar DeRozan. This is actually the battle of the mid-range. DeMar DeRozan versus Jimmy Butler. That's going to be an intriguing matchup. Tyler Hero, Alex Caruso. That's going to be a that's going to be a pretty good battle as well. Ultimately, I have Miami at home winning this game. But I, you know, if they can contain Zach Levine, I don't think Chicago has a chance. But I think the Heat culture, um, being in Miami, they get the job done. So I can definitely see them getting the job done. But Miami will then, well, either one of those teams will go on to face the Bucks. I give them no shot against the Bucks. They'll get beat 4 1, either one of those teams. So, NBA playoffs, they're here. They're definitely here. I'm excited. A couple first round series that I would like to see. Um, obviously, we just talked about the Lakers and Memphis. Uh, Warriors Kings, 3 6 matchup. I am extremely intrigued and excited to watch that matchup. Sacramento, I believe, leads the NBA in scoring. Golden State obviously can score the basketball as well. Uh, the one thing about Golden State is that they are terrible on the road. Sacramento does have home court advantage. Light the beam is going to be the theme that you know that Sacramento has been going with all year, and it's going to be very, very difficult for Sac or for Golden State to go in Sacramento and get a win. <clears throat> The one thing about Sacramento and Golden State is that they are relatively close to each other. Do I see Golden State fans being in Sacramento? I do, but I don't see a lot of them because I don't believe that the Kings fans are going to allow them to come in there. You know how ticket sales go. People, you know, buy tickets, sell tickets. I do not believe that they will allow a lot of Golden State fans to get in that arena. I just don't see it happening. However the resales go, I just don't see it happening. Don't price those tickets so high. If a Golden State fan wants to go in there, they're going to pay a high, very high price. Um, I do see the Warriors winning that series, though, in seven, just for the simple fact that Sacramento is not playoff experienced. De'Aaron Fox is is definitely something that, you know, he's definitely a closer. He has been outstanding all year long. Can he carry Sacramento to a four-game over the defending champs? I don't think that they are there just yet. Ultimately, I think this series comes down to a game seven in Sacramento. I think it goes chalk the first six games, and I believe that Golden State finds a way to win in Sacramento in game seven. Uh, that's just, I mean, I, you know, I can't count the champs out. I just can't do it right now. I just cannot do it. Another series that I am excited to watch is the Clippers and Suns. Even though Paul George is not playing, there is some drama here with Westbrook versus Durant in the first round. I don't see the Clippers winning without Paul George. Can they make it interesting? Yes, ultimately, because they have Kawhi Leonard. And if Russell Westbrook plays as Russell Westbrook plays, it can get interesting. It it really can. It can go six or seven games. Ultimately, I do have Phoenix winning 4-2. Paul George comes back, I might change my tune a little bit. It might go Phoenix in seven instead of six. That's about it. But either way it goes, I have Phoenix winning. I see. I, I have a hard time thinking that a team is going to beat Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker four times. 
I, I just have a hard time seeing that right now. The only team I will give a shot would be potentially the Warriors, um, the Lakers, and a healthy Clippers team I would give a shot, but they're not healthy. So I, I, that kind of takes that away. So um, as far as the East is concerned, I mean, the Knicks with the Cavs is definitely an intriguing matchup. I, I like Spider Mitchell and the Cleveland Cavaliers, Cavaliers winning that series in seven, in a tough seven-game series. But I ultimately believe that they get it done. Donovan Mitchell is going to haunt the Knicks. The Knicks should have signed Donovan Mitchell. They should have done whatever they did, they could do to get rid of, you know, to get Donovan Mitchell. They didn't do that. He will come back to haunt them ultimately. And Stephen A is going to have a fit. But that that's just what it is. So, um, yeah, man. So NBA playoffs, they're here, man. Um, just to kind of back, backtrack a little bit in, in regards to the Pelicans. The Pelicans were at one point number one, the number one team in the West when Zion was healthy. Zion gets hurt the second day of January, third day of January this year. He never comes back the rest of the year. And he ultimately took them from first place to ninth place. That's how big of an impact that Zion is on the court. And I, I think the Pelicans have a decision to make in regards to what do you do with Zion. He cannot stay healthy. Anytime that he is healthy, they are a championship contender. When he is not healthy, you know, they have a hard time winning games. It's just that simple. They have a very hard time winning games. So his availability is a question mark moving forward. I do believe that they will continue to keep Zion, but I'm not sure. But, you know, Zion did, you know, say that he was physically able to play. But part of the problem with Zion was that he was not mentally able to play. He would love to be out there, but mentally he was not ready. Um, So there must be some mental health issues going on that we don't know about. So hopefully he gets to take care of those. Um, He may want out of New Orleans. That may be another factor in all this. Maybe New Orleans is not mentally healthy for him to be there, and he may want out. But this looks to be a, a pair to be a Ben Simmons type of situation. So, I mean, we we sending all the healing energy to Zion so he can take care of whatever mentally that he can take care of so he can get back on the court because we all love to see Zion play. You know, we all love to see Zion dominate games. He's probably one of the um, premier players in the league when healthy. And whatever he's going through mentally, you know, we, we want him to kind of get that situated, man. Because we, we want to see nothing but Zion, nothing but Zion being on the court. Um, yeah, so NBA playoffs. So the next playing games are tomorrow, Friday. And then first round of the playoffs starts Saturday. I'll be all the way tuned in. And I can't wait. NBA, it's fantastic. That's what they say. You know what I mean? That's what they say. NBA is fantastic. Uh, let's kind of get at, look, we already have 20 minutes already just on the NBA playoffs. Time is a tick, and I feel like I got to get my podcast legs back underneath me for some reason. That's, that's how I'm feeling. I feel like I got to get my podcast legs back underneath me because I haven't recorded in so long. So I'm, I'm you know, I got to, uh, got to get my legs back, man. Got to get my legs back. But shout out to the NBA playoffs for starting. Let's uh, clap it up for them. We'll make it clap. We'll make it clap. 
But going on, transitioning into NFL, we ain't going to stay in the NFL too long. But transitioning to the NFL, we have a Odell Beckham Jr. officially signed with the Ravens today. He was introduced today by the Ravens. Uh, he has had no, there's no guarantee um, about Lamar Jackson, according to Odell. I believe the Ravens management is hopeful that they can get a deal done with Lamar or he'll sign the tender. And then, you know, they kind of have a dynamic duo uh, with Lamar Jackson and Odell Beckham. But we'll see what happens with that moving forward. I personally do not believe Lamar Jackson is going to sign that tender. But I think he's going to play hardball with the Ravens. But we will see what happens. Uh, if I'm the Indianapolis Colts, I'm I'm at least throwing a flyer out for Lamar Jackson. At least. I don't see why you wouldn't. You have a team that is ready-made. With the perfect offensive line, a top two or three running back, and a couple of pass catchers and Pittman Jr. Um, and all you need is a quarterback, and you're really you're ready to put your future on a rookie quarterback. I'm not saying that that's not a that's a bad thing, but when you have a chance to get Lamar Jackson uh, with that team and ultimately be the best team in the NFC South, you should be you should at least at least you know put a feeler out there at least. So, we'll see what happens with them. Um, another thing regarding the, the tenders, Saquon Barkley is said to not be signed to his franchise tender as well. I don't know what's wrong with the Giants. Saquon is the only offensive weapon that they have. He should be a priority signing. I don't know what the particulars are of the contract. That appears to be what the problem is. Um, signing that one-year deal for Saquon is ultimately putting him on another prove-it deal. And I believe that Saquon has earned a contract. If you can give Daniel Jones his contract, why would you not give Saquon his contract? Because without Saquon last year, uh, Danny Dimes does not have the year that he has, nor do they make the playoffs. So why... Wait a minute, where's my... Uh, my thing at, man? That's crazy. So why, why you are not... Bringing back Saquon on a long-term deal is beyond me. And now you run the risk of him not playing at all. And without him, they are not a playoff team. They are going to be terrible. And so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. And that that kind of and that goes back into the whole thing with, with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Danny Dimes got four years, I think 160 mil. He's getting 40 mil a year. You trying to tell me the Ravens don't want to pay Lamar Jackson the equivalent of what Daniel Jones is making? Come on, man. That's bad news, man. That is bad news. If you don't want to pay, if you don't want to pay Lamar Jackson, just say you don't want to pay him. But I, I don't see any world where Danny Dimes is making more money than Lamar Jackson, man. I just don't see it, man. Like I, I can't, man. No, 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 no. Like, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. I just can't see it. Then no world should Danny Dimes be making more money than Lamar Jackson. None. So, you know, I don't know, man. Baltimore, y'all got to get it together, man. Y'all got to get it together. Uh, speaking of Baltimore, um, we are about one week and a day from the Ryan Garcia-Tank Davis fight. And when I tell you that I am ready for this fight, I am ready. 100% I'm ready. 
I think this is going to be the fight of the year. Uh, unless, I mean, unless, you know, whoever wins this fight goes against uh, Shakur Stevenson or something like that. I believe this Tank Davis-Garcia fight is ultimately the fight of the year. I I can't wait. I have Tank winning the fight. They've been talking a lot of stuff back and forth, you know, to each other. Um, all the contract stipulations and just you know, just to, I mean, they're selling this fight. If they're if they're trying to sell this fight, I'm sold. I am sold because I can't wait for it to happen. You know what I mean? I'm trying to find where I'm gonna be at to watch this fight. But best believe that I'm paying whatever price is to to, to watch this fight. This is not a fight that I'm I'm gonna miss. Do I want to see a knockout? Yes, I do. Do I want to see a lot of boxing? Yes, I do. So that puts me in a you know. And a little bit of a bind right there because I'm not sure if I want to see uh, Tank knock Garcia out early or do I want to see it go to distance and, and we get a late round knockout. I don't know. But I don't want this fight ending in, you know, in the first two or three rounds. I don't want it to end. I don't want, I mean, unless it's a vicious knockout blow. Unless it's a vicious knockout blow, I do not want to see this fight ending in the first two or three rounds. So... um. Yeah, I'm excited, man. And, you know, next week is going to be a press week for this fight. And I I already know that they're going to go at it. They're going to talk a lot of stuff. Is it going to come down to blows? I don't know because I don't think that either one of them like each other. Like, I don't think that Garcia or Davis, I don't think that they like each other at all. So that that kind of that kind of is going to build up to you know, what's going on as well to this fight. But the, the anticipation and, and what happens next week is going to be big. So, I'm excited. So, I mean, yeah, we're still, we're still, we're still a little bit over a week away, but I'm excited. I'm definitely excited. Uh, shout out to uh, Izzy Adesanya for getting his victory in the UFC. I'm not really a UFC guy all like that. But I do like Adesanya. I do like John Jones. There's a couple of dudes that I, you know, I will occasionally watch. I'll, I'll watch Conor McGregor too because he talks a good game. And Adesanya, I did want to see him, you know, fight this guy, just for the simple fact of the track record. He was, you know, lost three times to to uh, Alex Pereira. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he had lost three times to him, and for him to just keep fighting them. And I believe Adesanya said that, you know, he, he don't care how many times he loses. He's just going to keep fighting this guy. Like, he, he's just going to keep fighting him. And, like, I like that mentality that Adesanya displayed. Uh, he ultimately knocked uh, Peoria out um, with a vicious, with two vicious right hands. And then, you know, kind of hopped on him and pounded him out a little bit. And, I, yeah, I was, you know, I was happy. I wanted to see Adesanya win. Who doesn't want to see him win? That is definitely what we, I wanted to see. What is going on with that, man? That is crazy, man. But, um, yeah, man. So, you know, it looks like UFC and boxing are in, is in a good space right now. People are tuning into the fights. It's, it seems like, you know, everything is in a good space right now with that. You know, after the whole Jake Paul. Speaking of Jake Paul, he's announced he's fighting Nate Diaz August 5th. I, I'm i a Jake Paul fan, so, you know, I do want to see him fight. 
after that Tommy Fury fight, I wasn't sure how long it was going to take for him to get back in the ring. But ultimately, he's getting back in sooner than later. And I'm intrigued. I'll be I'll be watching. I definitely will be watching. Um, that might be all we got for sports, man. That that might be all, all we got, man. Oh no, no, we do have one more thing. Magic Johnson is 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 part of a team uh, that is um, trying to battle Washington Commanders uh, with Josh Harris, who's the 76ers uh, and New Jersey Devils owner. That deal may be getting done today. That is actually breaking news that it may be getting done today. And shout out to Magic Johnson for, you know, always, always, you know, have being around, always trying to get some ownership and and uh and and kind of put on. So hopefully that deal does get done today and Magic will be part owner, co owner, part owner uh, of the Washington Commanders. Lord knows that, you know, Daniel Snyder, he wasn't the best owner, but uh I'm sure that Magic Johnson will definitely be a hundred times better than him. And it also puts, you know, a black owner in the NFL, which which there aren't a lot of. So this is actually a very big thing. So hopefully the deal gets done. I do not have the the uh, specifics of it, but I believe it's somewhere in a range of $6.5 billion. Uh, Jeff Bezos has also put in a, a bid, but I think he's pulled his name from the uh, the runnings in that. And um, they ultimately the deal make it done today. So we'll see what happens. Uh, what else do we have on the sports front? Uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, as we all know, baseball has went to a pitch clock, which has shortened the baseball games by about a half an hour. So with with that being said, the games being faster, um, there is an issue in regards to alcohol sales and what the cutoff time for that is. So prior to the pitch clock being added, the alcohol sales were stopping at the eighth inning, I believe. And now with the time, you know, and I guess when you stop the sales early, you know, you have people that have been in the parking lot tailgating, people that have been, tell, you know, drinking during the game. When you stop the alcohol sales in the eighth inning, you kind of give the fans about a half an hour to sober up. And now, with the game going a little bit faster, they are trying to stop the alcohol sales in the seventh inning. Or no, no, they're trying to keep the alcohol sales in the eighth inning, but the game is being shortened by half an hour, which ultimately gives the fans less time to sober up. And there's there's some you know some baseball players that are taking issue with that. I believe it does make sense that if the games are going faster, the alcohol sales should stop um, sooner than they. I mean. The, the same time that they were being stopped prior to this pitch clock, you cannot keep the same time. If the game is going faster, then why would the sales stop at the same inning that they were stopping before the game was going faster? So that kind of makes sense. I could see some you know, major league baseball players basically having the fans' interest, best interest at heart right now and wanting the sales to stop sooner. Because you know, by all means, you don't want you want the fans to be safe. They're coming there to support the players. Uh, you do not want to send them home, you know, under the influence, and and you know that that causes. I don't that, I don't really want to get into all that negative talk right there, but um, you you get you get my gist of what's going on. So we'll see what happens with with Major League Baseball and how they deal with this moving forward. 
whether or not they're going to stop the alcohol sales in the seventh inning uh, rather than keep them at the eighth inning, um, just to give the fans a little bit more time to kind of sober up. So we will see what happens with that. But that is that is an issue, and it, it definitely kind of makes sense. So I understand the players being concerned. And, and and it's a good thing. You want the players to be concerned about the fans. So that that's also a good thing. So, um, yeah, man. So shout out to shout out to the Major League Baseball players for, for kind of uh, looking out for the fans in, in that regard. Um, look, we had it. We over half an hour, and I still got a whole lot. We got to get into the snowfall recap. Uh, let's get into this no no of the week. Um, of course, you know what this no no is going, and I and I and this is why I, I kind of did not want to start the episode. This is actually going to be a double no no. This is kind of why I didn't want to start the episode with this because I it's a very once again, it's a very sad uh situation. Um, if you don't know what's been going on, of course, we had another mass shooting in Louisville, Kentucky, um, where the shooter killed five people at Old National Bank on Monday. And there was a call that came in early, at 841 Monday. And it kind of detailed the panic and fear during the mass shooting in which the gunman a 25-year-old bank employee, Connor Sturgeon, used a recently purchased AR-15 style rifle to shoot his co-workers and responding officers before he was shot dead. Uh, Connor Sturgeon live-streamed the gruesome assault, which took place about 30 minutes before the bank was set to open. Out of the five people that were killed, three remained hospitalized as of Tuesday including a rookie officer who had just graduated from the police academy 10 days earlier, and he was shot in the head. And, I mean, we've seen the footage. I mean, I've seen some of the footage. I'm not sure if you have or not. Uh, I've heard some of the calls, which are also very disturbing. And this is, I mean, the, the whole thing is just sad. Of course, the AR-15s, we have got the, I know I've, I, I don't want to keep beating this same drum, but we've got to get the AR-15s off. We got to get them off the streets. I just, I, I, it's beyond me to, as to why. And I, and, and I understand. And Joe Biden is trying to get them off the streets. He is. So I give Biden credit. But the Republican GOP, aka Guns Over People, um, they do not seem to be on board with, with what Joe Biden is trying to do in regards to assault weapons. And this is, you know, we've had. 145 shootings reported in the U.S. with at least four people shot, excluding the shooter. At what point do we start valuing the people in the lives? Like, at what point do do we have, do, you know, do we do that? And because, I mean, you should not be able to shoot that many people with one weapon. I, I know, and, I, and like I said, I've said this before, I don't want to keep beating this, beating this drum, but I have no, no, I can't, I mean, it keeps happening, so I got to keep saying something. So if it didn't happen, I wouldn't have to keep saying something. Uh, apparently, the family said that, you know, the government has had some severe depression. Um, he had some mental health challenges, but they never saw any warnings of such an attack. Um, and, of course, I mean, this whole situation is just sad uh, for everybody involved. And But I, I got to give this, I got to give this dude the no-no of the week. Because 
it's like you saying depressed, man. Why are you taking this out on other people? Innocent innocent people at that. And just the whole thing is just is just depressing. And which is, you know, why kinda why I did, and we're not even gonna stay on this no no that long. Which is kinda why I did not really want to start the episode with, with just that negativity. And um Yeah, but Connor Sturgeon, I mean Prayers out to your family, you know, who had to deal with what you did and what you, you know, what you've caused. Because, you know, they're they're definitely innocent in, in this situation as, as well. They're also victims as well of this situation. Uh, not to mention the five people that, that have been shot and, you know, the three that are injured, including the, the one police officer. And I know I said this last time. I mean, kudos to the to police officers that are going in there. And, and putting her life on the line. And, you know, there's been a lot about defunding police, and I get it, but, I mean, ultimately, you know, they, they are there to protect the community. I mean, of course, there's a couple of bad apples, you know, here and there. Um, that's just the nature of, of, of people. But, you know, I, I, watched, I watched that video again. I watched that video again, and, and for some reason, man, I feel like, I know it might sound kind of crazy, but that's something that I, I could see myself doing. I know it sounds it sounds really crazy. So I don't know if that's the SWAT team or, or, you know what I mean, who does that. But I would not be afraid to go in there to do something like that at all. You know, to go in and, and try to save people's lives. That is something that I 100% would sign up for. Uh and you know you watch those videos and you see them. You know those are heroes that are going in for, to do that. Ultimately, that those are heroic people. And um, yeah, man, I, I don't know, man. It's just yeah, you know when you when you kind of want to see people be safe. I mean those those type of things are the things you think about in regards to you know jobs of the, of that nature that have that impact on the community. So, uh, shout out to them. And it's a double no-no because, I, you know, we had another hoax here, uh, which somebody called and faked a, um, somebody called in and faked like there was a shooting going on at the Hillman Library on the University of Pittsburgh campus. And shout out to the University of Pitt Police, uh, Pittsburgh Police, Allegheny County Police for being on point again. This is the second time in a couple weeks, uh, that they were ready to take care of business. Um, there was no hesitation on their part to go into the library. I even heard that uh, one of the officers shot a lock off the door just to try to get in, and and just being just being on point and, and having the 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 drill, you know, the active shooter drill down to a T. So you know they are prepared. I mean, of course you don't want anything like that to happen, but. It appears as if whatever training that they've had uh, with, you know, you know, the county and, and, you know, Pittsburgh police, city police and, and the university police, that they are they are prepared. Man. Hopefully they never have to use it. But uh, so this no, no goes to whoever called that hoax in uh, Connor Sturgeon. This, you know, the other part is no, no, is definitely going to you um, because that these these mass shootings are just something that we just can't go for, man.
We just can't go for that, man. We just cannot. We cannot go for that. So let's transition out of the sad talk and let's get into um, what are we going to get into right now. Snowfall. That's right. Snowfall, snowfall, snowfall. All right. Snowfall. I got to I got to give it up for this season. I have got to give it up for this season, man. Shout out to the writers. Um we we'll make it clap. We we'll make it clap. Shout out to the writers, man. Y'all are killing this season. Y'all are killing this season, man. Shout out to the writers room, the showrunners of Snowfall. Um I mean, Joseph had his director directorial debut last last episode. Uh, not sure who directed this episode, but it was fire. Um, there's one episode left. We got the season finale next week. Uh, Franklin finally got Teddy heading right where he wanted him. And, you know, this whole season has pretty much been about Franklin trying to get Teddy to try to get his money back. The money that Teddy stole from him. And, and Damson Idris, oh my goodness, man. He is putting on a master class of acting. Okay, because he got me feeling like I owe him some money. That's how, that's the, like, that's the type of energy he's bringing to the screen during these scenes. I mean, the scenes that he's having with Teddy and, and the intensity and, it, man, listen. That's the first time I said, listen, our episode. It's the first time I think I just now caught myself, but <clears throat> Damson Idris is putting on a master class of acting right now. The scene yesterday where they was he burnt put you know burnt Teddy with the hot oil, and they went back and forth in regards to why did you steal the money? Teddy screamed back at him and said, "It wasn't your money; it's my money. I'm the one that made you." You know, and then Franklin goes on to say that he thought that they were going to be friends for life. Uh, cookouts and this, that, and the third. And ultimately, Franklin was right. Teddy used him. He manipulated him this whole time. They were never really friends at all. Franklin was a, a bit naive to think that, but Teddy's ruthless. And what he stole from Franklin after Franklin basically put his whole life on the line to to build that empire... Of course, Franklin is not going to stop by any means necessary to get to get what is his. Of course, he's not going to stop. And I don't blame him. I do not blame him. Not one bit. Um, Oso, Franklin ultimately kept his, his promise to Oso, who appears to have walked off into the sunset. He never got back with Lucia at all, but it looks like Oso is going, is going to kind of skate through. Um, you know, he's got his money. And he's walking off, you know, clean. That's what it looks like. Franklin kept his promise to him to pay him and, and to take him back to his family. And the last we seen of Oso was they dropped him off at the airport. He walks away and kind of gives the peace sign. And it just looks like, it looks like Oso has, you know, came through clean, man. <clears throat> so I did want to see Oso kind of come come out this uh, intact as well. Not sure what what happens with Leon moving forward. Uh, does him and Wanda, you know, do they go back to Ghana? What happens with those two? So I guess we'll get some closure in regards to Leon and Wanda next week. Uh, 
I already told you about the spinoff that they're trying to do around Wanda. I'm not really here for that. So when they try to do a spinoff around Wanda, that kind of leads me to believe that Leon might might die next week. He might. Because if you're doing a spinoff about Wanda, where does that leave Leon? So that, that kind of worries me just a little bit. Um, Louis, uh, Franklin called Louis, told her that the, you know, the feds were coming, DEA was coming. Louis got out of there just in time. Uh, she calls Brinkley. Brinkley goes and picks her up. Um, I was a little confused by who pays Brinkley. Who, who Louis ultimately, you know, gets the drop on Brinkley and Detective Brinkley and asks for his pager. And I was a little bit unsure as to who she said paged Brinkley. I guess it was the feds or it was Franklin. Somebody gave him a warning that he didn't give to Louie and she was mad about it. So she gets the drop on him, gets his gun, leaves him on the side of the road. Louis Louis kind of drives off. So I'm not sure what's going to happen with Louie. I, I do want to see the closure that we're going to get next week with Louie as well. But this season has been amazing. I wish Uncle would have made it out the season clean. He didn't, but that's here nor there. Um, but I, me personally, um, I got nothing negative to say about what's going on with, with Snowfall. I did say I was going to rank, um, you know, my favorite drug series after I seen how Snowfall ended. And Snowfall is moving up my list based on the way this season is. But it has to end good. I, st- I still have to see the ending. I still got to see the ending to see where I'm ranking it. I still got to. And so, um, but yeah, man, I'm excited. Next Wednesday, season finale, you know we dropping something the, the night of that episode for sure. Because we got to recap. We got to recap. Uh and that, that that ultimately that that episode is going to determine whether or not I think Snowfall is better than Power, original Power, and Power Ghost. So that this episode, there's a lot riding on this episode next week. On on where we put Snowfall as a series, and where you know where it's ranking, where it's ranking at. There's a lot. There's a lot riding on this season finale. So, speaking of Power, um. Yeah, I mean, we got some action in power right now. Uh, Detective Whitman is gone. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't really want to kind of do a deep dive into power right now, but we're going to unpack it just a little bit. Detective Whitman is gone. Monet definitely took care of him. I knew that was going to happen. Diana stepped up for the family, and she made something happen. I still do not trust Diana, but you know, ultimately, she still, she still, you know, for the family. Um, Kane is back, uh, kind of respecting Lorenzo. Um, Tariq still holding it down as usual. Uh, he always makes things happen. Tariq got a car, which is even more lit that he finally got a ride. He can get around. He ain't got to keep walking and running places no more. He got a ride now. So that was lit. Yeah. And we got, and we got the new episode of power coming out midnight tonight uh, on the stars app. So shout out to 50. Speaking of 50, he got some work that he's getting ready to do with Nicki Minaj. Um, it's going to be an animation project, Lady Danger. 
Uh, 50 will, will be working alongside Nikki, and they'll both be listed as executive producers. The series will be a part of 50's G-Unit and Film Television Production Company. And once again, 50 gets another show greenlit. You know, green light gang is what he does. You know, he's already working. 50's always working. That's one thing about him is he, he he's always working. Uh, he did kind of post something today about how he was upset with stars. He got the number one, two, three, and four shows uh, in African-American and Latina households. Um, but he said he's not doing a spinoff with BMF or Power or anything at the he, he, at the network any longer. So somewhere along the line, stars are still not trying to give him the respect that he's due. And I'm not understanding why they're not. And I don't know if 50 just wants to go, go create his own network. Because if he did, we're all leaving stars. That's that's a fact. If 50 goes somewhere else, we go with him. Wherever he goes, we, we're following. We're like a cult. You know, the power universe, the BMF universe, we're, we're riding together. Wherever 50 goes, that's where we're going. I don't know if stars realizes that. And I don't know why that they don't realize that. I own part of stars too. I do have some stock in stars, but I will sell my stake if 50 leaves. You know what I'm saying? I'm going, I'm riding with 50. Wherever he goes, I'm going. It's that simple, stars. So pay this man what it's worth so he can keep your network afloat. Because do you understand the ramifications that's gonna that's gonna happen if he leaves your network? Like, you will lose billions, millions of dollars. All the people that subscribe on the app, all the people that pay the monthly, you know, pay monthly for to have stars on their cable bill will all ultimately be gone. So stars do the right thing. You know what I mean? He got power. People watching power to re the reruns of original power. He got people tuning in every Thursday at midnight on the app, Friday at nine o'clock on this on this regular channel. For Power Ghost, he got people anticipating the power, you know, power raising Canaan. He got people anticipating Power Book Four with Force with Tommy. He got people anticipating watching BMF. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. And y'all don't want to pay this man his due, his proper due. He should be head of the network at this point. That that's what should be happening. He should actually own at least a seventy five percent of stars right now. But, you know, and, and we're still waiting on Power Book uh, influence with, with, uh, with Tate, with Councilman Tate. I hope that they put that back in production because I, I, I'm here for that. But um, <clears throat> shout out to 50, man. So uh, kind of staying on that. Oh, what we have tomorrow, too, which is I can't wait for. We have the Little Wayne versus 50 Cent versus with DJ Envy and Nala Simone on The Breakfast Club. Tune in tomorrow. It'll be on the Past the Ox segment of The Breakfast Club. It'll probably be around, what time did I do Past the Ox? I want to say around 8.45 to 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Should be that versus. It should be around then, I believe. Because I don't. I think they do it after Donkey of the Day. And I think they do it before Envy's Mix. <clears throat> so Envy's Mix comes on around 9, Donkey today is around 8 o'clock, a little bit 5 after 8, 4 after 8, somewhere around there, give or take a minute here or there. Definitely tune in tomorrow. Envy already said something about him having his list ready. He didn't want to, you know, reveal what he had going on, but, uh, you know, 
He's ready. Miles Simone, I know that she's ready, and I can't wait for it to happen. I, I can't wait. I want to see how it goes because I'm I'm judging. I'm judging. You know what I'm saying? And I'm and I'm you know giving my feedback. So uh, definitely be on the lookout for that tomorrow. Breakfast Club. Mm, yeah, I want to say around eight forty-five, but it could be before that. So you know, if not, if you if I, you know if the time is wrong, all that means is you got to tune in from six a.m. to ten p.m. That's all that means. Uh, oh, and after that, 10 p.m. to 2 p.m., uh, way up with ye. Tune into that as well. Um, but yeah, you know. Uh, what else do we have going on? Just on some, you know, bigger news, we got um, so update on the Shanquella Robinson story. Federal prosecutors told the family of Shanquella Robinson on Wednesday that the evidence that they have isn't enough for prosecution at Robinson's death last year in Mexico. Uh, yeah, that's what the U.S. Attorney's Offices for the Middle and Western Districts of North Carolina said. Uh, Robinson was a former Winston-Salem State uh, University student. She died in October by staying in a luxury rental property in Mex- in the Mexican state uh, of Baja, California. Um, what they're saying is based on the results of the autopsy and after careful deliberation and review of the investigative materials, um, federal prosecutors informed Mr. Robinson's family today that the available evidence, to, evidence does not support a federal prosecution. Uh, family members are very disappointed in the decision, but are not deterred and plan to continue to seek justice for Robinson. Um, that's coming from their attorney. Um, I don't see how they don't have any evidence to, you know, continue with this case. And pursue the charges when there's clear-cut video of her getting beat up by her friends. I mean, the video posted online shows a physical altercation inside a room between her, Shanquella Robinson, and another person. Not sure when the video was taken. Um, not sure if the video depicted the moment she suffered the fatal injury. But regardless, there is video evidence of her getting beat up by, by the girls. She was down there with them. I mean, it's, you know, one plus one equals two. So, I, you know, I guess they're going to continue to, you know, try to try to get some justice for Shanquella, man. And we want to see that happen. Nobody should go on vacation and not come home. So, it, it, you know, uh, the prosecutors in Mexico last year, you know, investigated Robinson's death as a homicide. And... You know, they're still kind of, you know, holding firm with what they're doing in Mexico. It's the United States that's not holding, their, you know, not doing their part. So hopefully, you know, prayers up to, for Shanquilla Robinson and her family and all involved. Um, we'd like to see some more good news come out of that. That was definitely bad news. Hopefully some good news comes out of that situation. Um, also, we had another very big thing happen on Monday. Uh, President Biden... Uh, signed a Republican authored bill terminating the national emergency over the COVID-19 pandemic. A month before the White House had said the president would unilaterally end national emergency declarations related to the pandemic. So I'm a little concerned about this. I'm I'm very concerned about this. Uh, the White House had opposed the GOP proposed measure, um, even though they were going to end the declarations on May 11th. I'm not sure why they ended it early, but the new law immediately ends the national emergency and public health emergency first enacted during the Trump administration, continued through the Biden administration. Uh, the emergency started um, March 13, 2020, 
And I'm not sure why Batten, you know, signed this bill to, to end this. Because lately I see more people wearing masks than they weren't wearing. Like, not too long ago, there was not a mask in sight. Now I'm seeing masks all over the place. So I'm not sure why he, he decided to sign this bill. There might have been some pressure um, to sign this bill. I do not understand it. I believe it was the wrong decision. They should have probably waited a little bit longer, uh, especially going into the summer months with people coming outside. So I'm a little concerned. Am I going to continue to still wear my mask? Yes, I am. Um, that's an automatic. I'm not about to just stop masking up right now. So that's definitely not happening. But I'm definitely a little concerned with, with them lifting this emergency. So... I don't because I don't know where you go from here. You know what I mean? It's hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube once you've taken it out. So, you know, they're still putting out commercials about getting boosted. So if you're doing that, why are you, you know, ending a national emergency? I, I, you know, kind of contradictory. Um, not sure. But, uh, you know, Biden is also, you know, putting his bid to, you know, to get, you know, to run for reelection. He's getting ready to do that as well. So maybe this has something to do with it. I'm not, I don't know, but it was not a smart idea. Uh, and on that note, man, we out of here, man. We uh, we got a couple minutes left. We definitely about to get out of here. Oh, and speaking of that, Biden, Trump is definitely running still. We already know that he going to run. And I, wanna, I do want to say something before I put this music out real fast. Uh, I do want to say something in regards to Trump getting a mugshot. It's a good thing we didn't see Trump's mugshot because if he did, there would be people all over the all over the United States with pick with T-shirts with his mugshot picture on it. So, you know, that that was a that was a, a a good thing that he didn't take a mugshot and we didn't get to see that. But anyway, man, we out of here, man. You got it. Episode fifty one. Yeah, we getting out of here with this Mano vibe with me jam. This is the song of the summer. Shout out to the Mano, new Mano. Episode 51, we out of here. You got it. Jia, Jia. Women just stare at us. I'm a big deal, my flow's notorious. This definitely the jam of the summer, man. This gonna have every pool party lit. See my range. I start with that early, that that whispers, that rock steady, and then we we ended the episode with this right here, the hot, the hottest jam of the summer. We getting out of here. Shout out to Damson Idris and him and Lori Harvey still going strong too. <laughs>